Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Little Realms, a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. I'm your host and game master, Candace, and I am here with... My name is... Or Okay. Gonna get it right this time? <laughs> you can do it. We believe in you, Sarah. Got this. I'm Sarah, and I play Vim, the extremely tired tiefling woman. I am Dan, and I play Cyrus Sassafras, the well-rested druid who has hearts for eyeballs. I am Nikki. I'm playing Jarell Goldenheel, the wide-eyed elven scholar. And I'm Adam, and I play Arden, the also surprisingly well-rested half-elven ranger. And our half of our party is well-rested, and half is not, because last time on Little Realms... Academic research has rarely been as invigorating. The potion N and I made t- together gave us the ability to see into the dreams of those who sleep, and to read the minds of the waking. We took a clandestine journey around Mithrin to peek into the minds of its citizens. For science, of course. Just as things were starting to get interesting, the night took an unexpected turn when I saw Vim creeping down an alleyway. Late in the night, I was pulled away from some very important work by the footsteps of ne'er-do-wells prowling the streets of Mithrin. As I followed the footsteps, I ran into Durell, and together we discovered the identities of several members of the face. The nameless, uh, whoever they are, the neighborhood watch will come for them and take them down. While the others wandered about in the cold, I spent the night wrapped in the arms of a handsome fellow by the name of Theo. The fine folks at the Coriander's Kiss sure do know how to raise the spirits and soothe the soul. In the morning, I strutted my stuff back to Journey's End, ready to meet the new day. For the first time since arriving in Mithrin, I rested peacefully. My dreams were filled with visions of home. I awoke the next morning feeling refreshed and ready to seek the university library, where I hoped to find out more information about the forest around Mithrin and whatever it is that might be making it sick. And so we open on, I believe everyone was waking up for the morning. (laughs) And everyone had sort of gathered in the main common room. I believe. Yes, at the end of the last episode, we had already decided that Arden was heading off to the university to go look at the library. Jarrell's jealous because they'd rather go do that (laughs) because Vim and Cyrus and Jarrell are going to investigate the box. So I think we're going to the, um, kind of back to the mess hall or the uh, precinct. Yeah, (laughs) that's where you're going. To, t- to look at the effects of Liara that are in, like, an evidence locker or some shit. Yeah. So, I have a quick, I guess, not housekeeping is maybe not quite the right word. On what authority are we going to request this? Maybe this is actually something Jarrell is asking. Uh, that is probably something Jarrell is asking in character, and it is actually an important question. So we're, we're headed that way. So um, last time we were here, we had we had just kind of asked about Jimmy Kimmel or whatever his name and got in contact with him. Um, but I don't believe we ever mentioned that we were exploring this, this avenue of in- inquiry. And also we're some random travelers from out of town. Exactly on what authority uh, are we in hoping to present our case that we should have access to these, well evidence well um we could say that we are relatives of liara and we've come to claim her possessions now that the case has been solved jarell looks around at this themselves a high elf and then at you cyrus Mm -hmm. an old human and then at vim a tiefling and is like I don't know how much credence that argument would bear, Cyrus, although it's a very intriguing idea. <laughs> We're all members of the same commune. We are followers of the bullfrog, 
and we are here to get back our beloved sister's stuff so that our high god can be appeased. But isn't she from the area? Um, I, I believe these people know who she is. She would know she's not this sister of the, the bullfrog. I would like to know more about the bullfrog. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I pulled it out of my ass, all right? I'm trying to be a solution man, not a problem person like Jarell. A person it's... passing on the street makes a face when they hear pulled a bullfrog out of my ass. Yes. In my travels, I I cannot say I have I've seen many a bullfrog. And she grins a little bit and looks down at Cyrus and says, Do most of them come out of your ass? In Cyrus's case, uh, yes, I believe that is, in fact, where they come from. We do have the option of telling them that we were sent on behalf of the, um, what was their name? The Margrex. They might be indisposed, but were technically acting on their authority. Yes. I wonder... Well, okay. I... <laughs> I have a couple thoughts on this. One, I wonder if... We might get some sort of letter or insignia of, you know, authority in this situation from the Margrex's daughter or sister or what? Well, let's not let's not add complications unless you... I'm, I'm, I'm being solutions oriented, <laughs> not problems oh, yes. oriented, uh, Cyrus. So one thing we might do is is go back to the Margrex's house and, and see if we can get some kind of documentation uh, that would lend us some authority in the situation. Another thing we might do is go to the temple and see if if Mina, as a close associate, might have some sway in this matter, might be able to request these items for us. Well, now that you're done dropping problems on my feet, can I sweep them away and tell you the solution? Is it another ass bullfrog, Cyrus? No, I told you, that is nonsense. The solution is we go there and we ask for the stuff on account of we are working for the Margrics, and they give it to us. We don't need to look for solutions unless there's a problem. There's not a problem yet, so let's go. Jarell looks deeply skeptical. <laughs> I agree with Cyrus. If I've learned anything, you stroll in somewhere and you're confident enough and tall enough, they will believe anything you say, whether or not it is true. And in this case, we are lucky that what we are saying is true. Jarrell, who is about like a little shy of five feet, looks a little cross when you say make the comment about being tall enough. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pig somewhere. Make good bacon for tomorrow's breakfast. <laughs> See, Jarell, you just have to have swagger. Very well. If, if you think that this will work out, then I'm willing to try it. All right, get that chin up, chest puffed out. Look like you're about to give a big thesis, essay, paper, speech, whatever it is that gets you all riled up, and let's go. All right. So y'all are basically heading straight there. You make it to the other side of town. No issues. Uh, it's still early enough in the morning that everyone is, uh, the people on the streets are waking up, making their way to what they do for the morning. You make it back to the precinct that has the, I think it's a sign that's got like a sword and a shield crossed on it that you had actually gone to 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 ask the secretary of the the duty roster to find where the soldier Jamel was. Um, it's that same building. Before we go in, who wants to be the the designated bullshitter or speaker? Well, you've proved yourself quite apt, Cyrus. I think you should go for it. Very well. Um, do do either of you happen to have a piece of fur or a feather? What? It's a very straightforward question. Hold on, give me... Hold on one sec. Is there some kind of bullshit I can roll? Because I think it's slightly reasonable Vim has this shit, but not 100% reasonable. <laughs> you roll a d20. 20. <laughs> you, Vim puts her hand to her hair and, like, runs a finger, runs a hand through it to try to... 
put her hair in place and there's a feather there. Well, what do you know? Here you go. Oh, your hoarding has finally come in handy. Thank you very much. And I... You 100% have no idea where that feather came from. But takes credit for it anyways. All right. Well, I grab the feather by the, the quill. And before I do anything, I uh, stick it in Jarell's face and tickle his nose. Or her, their nose. And I say, watch this, Jarell. Oh, I'm watching. And, I, <laughs> and I'm just kind of waving it around like it's a, a CVS receipt. Just doing a ribbon dance. And then... Lightly, I cross it across my mouth, and I'm just going, mmm, ticklish. And I'm going to cast Enhance Ability, Eagle Splendor. I have advantage on charisma checks for the next hour. So you proceed into the office at that point. The secretary is there, Henry was his name. Henry. I knew it was some really weirdly normal name. Yeah, it's a weirdly normal name. There's like, you know, a mug of coffee on his desk, looks up and says, oh, hello again. How can I help you? Hello, was it, um, um, um well, I, your name is not important. I need to see the possessions of one of your victims, one of your cold cases, if you will. I'm here under the Margarix and... Take me to the uh, the lockers, the lost and found, sir. He kind of looks taken aback for a second, like works his eyebrows and says, "Oh, oh, um, let me get uh, Lieutenant Rowan. He's the one that you want to talk to for access to that sort of thing. He's the one that knows that." Are your hands not capable? Are your feet lame? Take me to the lockers. No, I literally do not have the authority to let people into the lockers. I, they don't even, I don't have a key. I don't have the actual key to get in. I apologize. You're never going to get anywhere with that attitude. You have to be a go-getter. Go get those keys and let us in. Henry has, like, turned around and is knocking on the door that has uh, Rowan above it. Job on the confidence, Cyrus. Right, it's, it's very effective. It's not over yet. <laughs> Door opens. Tall elf, short cropped blonde hair, steps out. You saw him coming into the city, but no one had any reason to take note of him at that point. So it's kind of like, you know, he might look generally familiar to one of you. Cyrus is just tapping his foot impatiently and just, uh, like, talking to Jarrell like Jarrell's an assistant. I cannot believe they're making me wait. This is ridiculous. So about, like, two seconds later, Rowan opens the door, steps through, closes the door behind him. At the same time, Henry like, makes himself scarce, and Rowan says, Hello? How can I help you? Yes, we are here to retrieve the belongings of a Miss Liara. We are here under orders of Margrix Arendelle. Can you please take us there? We are very busy. Uh, I... You're under the authority of Margrix? Yes, I did not stutter. Okay, well... I can take you to them. I cannot let you have them, you understand. They are in evidence right now. The case is considered closed, but we don't have permission from her or her immediate family to release the belongings to anyone. You must understand. We have rules about these sorts of things. I do not understand, because she has no immediate family. She was cared for very deeply by Modrix Arendelle and their family. They are as close as a relative as you will receive. Can you not let us close this case permanently and retrieve the belongings so that they may be at peace? It would be considered a great favor to the Modrix if you could help us end this. Roll deception for me. You got it. Show me potato salad. I'm gonna do that with advantage because I because I did a cool spell. All right, it is 14 total. He says, "Hmm, I uh, I must admit that I was not actually aware that the Arendelle had such an interest in 
Liara. That is um, quite an interesting development, but no matter. As I said, you are welcome to examine what we have in our evidence locker. You just may not take it with you. If you are truly here at the behest of the Margrix, I would never want to stand in front of him. That will certainly suffice, Lieutenant. We would very much appreciate having some time to to look through her effects. Thank you. Yes, as my bodyguard has eloquently put it, <laughs> we are... Sorry. Yes, Jarell is the bodyguard. <laughs> I'm a ninja. In... <laughs> no one would ever suspect. And I am the advisor. <laughs> Correct. This is my advisor. Joe probably just has the most twisted, conflicted look on their face. Like, I cannot believe I'm dealing with this bullshit. <laughs> like, I put my, my hand, I clasp uh, this guy's rolling shoulder, and I say, I appreciate a good soldier who knows his duty. Thank you. Rowan side-eyes your hand, and then backhands, not like forcibly backhands, but like brushes your hand off, turns, goes back into the office holds the door open for you and then corrals the three of you around to a door another door within his office and opens that it opens inwards he holds it open and allows the three of you to go through and then he stands at the door holding it open watching the three of you and says just kind of in an offhand way well I'm not one to judge books by their cover. What you can see from here is you can actually see the interior of both his office and the closet beyond. The closet beyond is basically just that it's got it's like a 10 by 5 foot ish walk-in closet longer than it is wide and it's lined with shelves on either side about you know six ish feet tall and there are wooden crates ordered neatly from like the left side of the room of most recent to back into the room and then around to the oldest to your direct right. And he sort of nods in the general direction of the most recently labeled crates and says, that one there, this is the one you want. And it is labeled, they're all clearly labeled. Crate that he points out is one that is labeled 64695, which is month, day, year in the calendar and has a little placard on it that says missing person Liara. Everyone roll investigation. I rolled a 16. 25. Butterscotch. I got like a I got six. Okay. I got a four. <laughs> okay. Bim's putting a lot of effort into standing up straight and crossing her arms across her chest and looking like someone who could be an advisor. <laughs> Fortunately, Jarrell is competent. Yeah, I was about to say, Jarrell apparently is poking their nose into literally everything. Cyrus keeps poking Jarrell and doing like a thumbs up, like, ah, did a good job, Jarell right? is determinedly ignoring Cyrus. <laughs> so, Jarrell, you see the crate that is pointed out and the most relevant crate. You also, just glancing around the dates and the the dates and the little placards on each of the crates. It looks like these crates probably go back farther than go back to basically the founding of the town. Like this closet was probably inherited when Rowan took over the position. And you also see that there are relatively few really bad things like murders or not too many murders or like work as suspicious work accidents things like that most of what's on the shelf are tax evasion assault recently you see lots of like brand theft looking boxes and you do also see another crate that's dated five ish years before Liara's crate that says the Witherheight murder. And that only stands out because its naming convention is slightly different from all of the others. But that's what you see. Otherwise, dusty, 
mildly damp room, but not damp enough to damage anything. Okay. Does Rowan look like he's leaving or just gonna kind of chill? He's standing against the door, holding it open, and he's got his arms crossed across his chest. And he's like low-key looking down his nose at the three of you. Oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> Quick question. If I cast suggestion and it fails, is it like is it like charm person where they're they're gonna know that I tried to enchant them? They're resistant to it. They're not straight up immune. Alright. I'm gonna Joe kinda looks around and nods to himself, like, yeah, this is this is very nice. And says, Thank you so much, Lieutenant Rowan. I, I we don't wanna take up too much of your time and uh, I don't know how long we'll be. Um of course we'll get out of your hair as soon as possible, but you can go get back to work if if it's more convenient for you. Why don't you give us some privacy and, and, and get back to whatever you were doing? And they sort of adjust their monocle and cast suggestion. So he is going to make a wisdom saving throw. What is your um, spell save, DC? 13. Good luck. He looks at you and says, Uh, what I... The work that I have to do this morning is not that pressing. You you all shouldn't be long in here. There's not that much to look through. Jarrell goes ahead and... Oh, if it's not too much trouble, then um, we will try to not inconvenience you for too long. They're totally cursing up a storm in their head. So they go ahead and... So, yeah, pull out Liara's box, and while I'm opening it, I'm going to cast Message and kind of comment to Vim. There are a lot of recent grand theft cases in here. I bet it's related to your friend. So you open the crate inside is there's kind of two loosely delineated halves to the crate. One half of the crate is obviously Liara's personal effects. There is a little diary, a heavy medallion to Pelor that's got the stylized sun that you saw on the temple emblazoned on it. It's the kind of big medallion that you'd like put on a mantle piece. It's not like a, a worn medallion. There is a set of white robes, very similar, save for like an extra stripe of embroidery to the ones that Mina was wearing. And pretty much you would guess the same as the ones you found out in the wilderness. There is also a hairbrush with presumably some of her hair stuck in it. The other half of the case box is has like three, three, four ye old manila folders that are, that have a couple papers in each of them. So in terms of written material, there's a diary and there's some manila folders with paper. I go ahead and I grab the diary and I hand it to Vim and I start flipping through the manila folders. Okay. Cyrus rubbernecks and reads the, looks over Vim's shoulder while she does whatever with it. We're going to flip over to Arden, you make it to the university. Presumably there was no place that you wanted to stop. Arden will just go to the university. You head there. You head over there. I believe that you had also already looked around the university campus. Yeah, in the Sim and Arden wander around town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so you already know which building is the library. It has library over it, I believe. What's it like today? Are there many people around? You walk into the library through this uh, kind of atrium area that's got glass dome in it. And once you make it into the the library proper, there's a front desk and it opens into kind of like an open space with desks for people to study at. There are two or three, there are three-ish people studying at these tables, reading, you know, you can't tell from here. There are, if you look to the back of the room, there are bookcases at the very back. And then if you look to the left, like back into the left, there's another like open entryway that presumably leads to more of the library. The person at the front desk is a very old woman. She's got 
low-hanging jowls, low-hanging chin, really like thin, ready white hair tied up into a bun. And Arden kind of sniffs, looks over, and sees this woman taking just the longest drag on a cigar that looks too big for her head and is staring like straight at you. And she says, Oh, hello, darling. What can I help you with? Oh my god! <laughs> Arden Jesus Christ. is also a bit taken aback because he thought he looked out of place in the library, but... Oh, you he... couldn't look out of place anywhere you tried, honey. This is the best day of my life. Uh, yes, um... I'm looking for books, I suppose, on the history... Well, you came to the right place. Yes, I can tell that. It's the biggest library in town, probably in the entire region. Oh, that's pretty right. Where would they be? She says, Oh, follow me, you tall drink of water. And she visibly steps down like two steps of from behind the counter, walks out, you see the little white bun bobbing behind the counter, and then come out through one of the the long side of the counter. And she walks right up to you. She's like maybe four and a half feet tall, stands uncomfortably close to you, puts an arm around your waist, which is actually closer to, like, butt level, and says, The Fae, follow me! And she leads you deeper into the library, and there's, like, half a moment where you think that she's not actually leading you into the correct portion of the library. But then she mercifully stops at a bookshelf and says, Alrighty, what you're looking for should be somewhere in here. Come get me if you have any questions, or, you know, just come get me for anything at all. Thank you. Of course, my pleasure. And she leaves. <laughs> yes, so Arden will take a glance over the books. He'll also check to make sure he has his money. <laughs> you you do have your money. <laughs> okay, the old lady was not a pickpocket. Good to know. <laughs> He's going to take a quick look over the books and see if there's anything that, like, grabs his attention. Because obviously he's looking for things as far back probably as the founding of the town. Roll. I got a 12 overall. What do you want to look for specifically. Arden doesn't think that it will do him very much good to look for, why are the Fae angry at the town being here? He doesn't right. want to find okay. a book on that subject. So he's going to okay. start with, like, broader history of the founding of things, and then he's going to go and sort of uh, narrow it down from there. First, he's looking for, like, the broadest subject he can so he can find a book that he can just skim to get a better idea of what he might be looking for. So, you find two sections of books that are that are, seem to be near topic. One is a, like, a section on the shelf that's got, like, what looks like sort of an encyclopedia-ish type book. A couple of those types of books intermixed with what look like smaller, more specific tales that are related to the Fae. There's like a compendium of Fae myths and legends, specific studies on different ones. And then there's also another section in the area of the bookshelf that is related to unexplained phenomena a another section that doesn't immediately seem to follow logically with a section about like fey legends and that it kind of clicks that a lot of unexplained phenomena in the world is likely attributed to the fey and so and other forces that aren't quite understood so there's a section about that and it 
two has books that look like they're much more specific and then some larger tomes that look like they're compendiums or collections of similar typed articles. Well, you would probably look for Arden... Well, not would probably is going to look for one that is specifically about Mithrin. If there's one in the section of, like, stories of the Fae that doesn't look like it's, you know, kids' tales or something like that, okay. um, then we'll grab that one. Arden starts to look through books on the bookshelf, and there's not a whole lot of mention of Mithrin specifically, and you get a feeling that possibly Mithrin history has its own area in the library, but you do eventually look at an index of a book and find one that has mention of not Mithrin by name, but the area of wilderness that Mithrin is built on and that book the the mention of the area Mithrin is in is at the very very back of the book and flipping through the book it is a chronological survey of various unsolved missing persons cases with the authors or another author's like hypothesis of what has happened what actually happened to them ones that actually got solved mundane explanations for weird things that have happened to these people and so that is both relevant to what Arden wants to know and theoretically to what the others are doing things Mm -hmm. he's going to take a closer look at that book if he can find it you do find that book the front part of the book is all of these cases. The back part of the book has a... It reads kind of like, presuming like you scan it, it reads yeah. kind of like a, a really long hypothesis about these three different locations just in the continent somewhere. And one of those locations, the descriptions of the the mountains to the north, the forest to the east, sound an awful lot like Mithrin. And then there are a list of individuals going back really, really far. It's not a really long list of names, but they go back a long ways as cases that do not have an answer at the moment. We'll flip back to the three of you in the evidence locker reading a diary. Vim's looking at the diary. Vim okay. squats down so Cyrus can look <laughs> over her shoulder. She does like so, a quick flip through it and is particularly interested in are there any drawings? <laughs> At first yeah. glance, she doesn't seem super interested in reading. There's not a lot of like page drawings, but there's a lot of doodles along the margins. It's a lot of plant vines and suns and moons and absent-minded curly cues. I like um, that thing where you draw the hearts that all connect to each other. Yeah, there's like also the like stylized S just yeah. everywhere. In a whisper, I say to Vim, Vim, skip ahead to the end of the journal. That might give us a clue. The diary is not finished. I will have Vim make a stealth roll to keep Rowan from overhearing. So Vim's stealth roll is 17. 17. You're reading this out loud, and when you glance over your shoulder, Rowan is actually, like, looking the opposite direction. Looking down at the diaries, reads aloud. Mm, this one stated for a bit ago. Um, it says something along the lines of, Our city has problems but I don't believe someone would do something like this. I mean, things happen, and I know Weatherheight had his opponents, but I didn't think anyone hated him so much. Myself and the rest of the city are shaken. Hmm, that doesn't sound good. Anyway, she goes on. Captain Joran Mirne assumed a leadership role within the city. 
He stated that he sent a message to the coalition monarchs asking them for their blessings to run the city. I don't think he'd be a bad leader, so far as he seems to be keeping things running just fine. I've heard soldiers talk about the captain having a hot temper. Someone even asked how to forgive a man for hitting him. Ugh, that doesn't sound good either. Gosh, I hope it gets better. Anyways, Captain Mirne has announced that they are sending an official to take over as leader of Mithrin. They're being given the title Margrex, and that person is, oh, Victor Arundel. We've, well, we've almost met him. Jarell is looking over and listening at this point. <laughs> Marinay didn't say that much about Victor. Well, I mean, he is asleep. But anyways, I know that the Arundel family has a good reputation. And, and though they would be outsiders to the city, I think they'd be able to overcome that. It looks like the... Okay, this is the last entry in the journal. Oh, Paylor, protect me. Mirne has just come through confessional, and I must go immediately to Lieutenant Inspector Rowan. Except at Rowan, who's, thank God, looking somewhere else, and down at the <laughs> journal, and then to Jarell, and then to Cyrus, and then down at the journal, and then closes it slowly. Cyrus shoves his hand in the book before she closes it. Can I do a... An investigation check with those dates is that the same number of digits that's on those uh, on the lockbox because I know the lockbox is a, a numerical password the lockbox is four digits and these dates it look I see seven digits presumably it is a relevant four digits out of those dates and you can absolutely like pull out a piece of paper and jot them down I am just patting myself. Oh, God damn it! I don't have good memory, Vim, but I feel like we should probably know this stuff. Gerald switches a, a quick piece of paper out of their, out of their vest. I, <laughs> I am like still in my whisper tone. I am going to go distract Rowan while you guys take down notes. Yes, as your advisor, I feel the most well-suited to take notes in Vim weeks. <laughs> At this point, Rowan like looks back into the room for half a second, raises an eyebrow, and then just kind of smile at him charmingly, like "hello," <laughs> <laughs> and let and turn back to what we're doing. I sort of turn sideways to him a little, and I have a, a piece of paper and a, a pen, of course, as I do. Lieutenant Rowan, I just I wanted to thank you again for your professionalism in this matter. I um. I don't want to speak ill of, of Henry or Harold or whatever his name was, but he was, he was useless. But you, you have been so wonderful, and I will make sure that Margrix Arendelle hears of this. It's not every day that we encounter soldiers who are so, so helpful. <laughs> Give him a wink. Who are your names again? I don't think you told me what they were. Oh, uh, our names? <laughs> I, uh, I apologize. I'm so rude. I am a, um... Because you do know that I am going to expect a written piece of permission from Margrex Arendelle confirming that your intentions here are exactly as you say. And I let out a... Of course. Paperwork is always... In order, we will make sure you get everything you need, good sir. And I look around the room. Can you describe any objects that I see? Well, I'm trying to come up with a fake name based on things I see around the room. What do we got here? There are shelves, some crates. You can see a desk and a couple chairs through, like, the doorway into the office. A cup of coffee. Ah, uh, my name is... Um, Kofefe Crater. Kofefe Crater, that's my name. Everyone give me a name and then roll deception. Do you really need to know the name of my bodyguard? That seems a little beneath you. Yes, in fact, I do. We keep a very detailed record of everyone that comes through and examines evidence. Matter of routine, you see. You are a very diligent soldier. 
I just call him boy. What is your name, boy? Jarrell is pretending they can't hear any of this and is quickly jotting down whatever's in this diary. <laughs> I'm sorry. My bodyguard is strong of body, but hard of hearing. Yes, yes. Uh, we work in service to Kofefe, the, the great. My name is, of course, Telfella Boxington. And this is my, this is the bodyguard, and their name is... Damiar. You see, that's the first time I actually heard their name. I, I don't care. I'm surprised you do, but I will make sure you get all of this information. You should learn to be more appreciative of your staff, uh, great Kafefe. Please roll a group deception, everyone. I'm blowing on my dice, getting a little kiss. God damn it! Wait, wait, I still have advantage. Oh, shiza, I got four. Oh, butterscotch. I got an eight. Vim says her fake name, which is absolute nonsense, so flatly and so convincingly. She does get a 23. I think Jarrell just gave their brother's name with the exact tone of every child who's ever said their brother started it. <laughs> Cyrus is clearly perspirating as he is looking around the room and describing his name. Can Vim roll a perception check to see if Rowan buys this or not. You can absolutely it'll be in sight. You can absolutely roll to see if he buys it. Okay. 15. He does not buy the fake names of Cyrus or Jarrell at all. He seems to be buying your name only because you would guess he's very unfamiliar with tiefling naming conventions. <laughs> I hope that you are finding all of the information you need and that the writ from Victor Arendale is for the individual's Kafifi the Great, Shofella Boxington, and Damir. You have surely gathered about as much as you need. I'm a very busy man. Was there anything in the Manila files? In the Manila files, the old Manila files, there's what looks like a, a cover sheet that's got like investigation steps and all the boxes are ticked off on it in a subsequent manila folder written out statements from mina another person at the church and another person whose name you'd recognize talking about liara and what they know about what happened to her there are two guard reports that describe kind of a canvassing of the city. And then there is a blank sheet of paper that it's not completely blank, but it's titled Magical Inquiries. And noted in it is like, does, did not have access to divination magic. Unfortunately, unable to complete. I'll go ahead and snap those shut and, and put them back. Well... I, I have a, a query here for you, sir, before we take our leave. I'm, as you may have guessed, not from these parts, but I know you are very particular about your forms. Uh, what type of form or paperwork can we do to retrieve these possessions for good? Since she has no living relatives, her closest family would be... Ah, yes. Uh, if you will follow me into my office, I will instruct Henry to set you up with the proper form. I believe it is TS-104 is the form that you are looking for to fill out. It's not very long. And when you have the information filled out, you can return it to Henry and we can start the process of releasing the personal effects to whoever you designate. Cyrus's left eye is twitching. I love bureaucracy. Thank you for being so helpful. At this point, Rowan has uncrossed standing in front of the door, and he's now like halfway out the door holding it open for you and kind of like has his arms spread in that assuring 
motion. Bodyguard, can you grab that? I Yeah, I go talk to Henry and grab the form, whatever he said. Proceed out of the out of the closet. Rowan pulls the door closed behind you, locks it, and then he ushers you out of his office. And Henry is back at his desk. And Rowan says, uh, Henry can set these three fine fellows up with the TS-10. And Henry says, oh, of, of course, sir. And Rowan goes back into his office and Henry rummages in one of the drawers of their, his desk and pulls out a stack of about three parchment papers and offers it. I go ahead and take it. It's three pieces of parchment front and back. Henry says, thanks for coming by today. I hope that you found what you were looking for. No, thanks to you, Henry. Let's go. I was literally doing my job. Cyrus storms out. He had a rough night. Don't mind him. You were very helpful. Thank you, Henry. I head out after Cyrus. (laughs) Bim will do a very insincere bow at Henry. As the advisor to the great Kofefe, I will make sure that the proper paperwork is sent back to you and Rowan. (laughs) And then she walks out as well. Back at the library. What was the second thing you were looking for? Well, I I found the book that has things specifically about fey occurrences in this area. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It doesn't um, say that they're fey occurrences in the book, but it's heavily implied that that's what the author thinks it is. Okay. The next thing I'm going to do is actually go back to the front desk. Oh, hello, darling. Did you find what you're looking for? I found... It's an impressive library. I found a number of things. Oh, yes, it is. You You know what's also impressive? You. What was that, young man? Do you need to be a student here to check out books? Oh, no, of course not. You could check anything out on this library. She waggles her eyebrows. That's generous of you. Uh, what would I need to do to do that? Oh, we just need to record your name and our records in the book you're borrowing. Absolutely, that will work. I also assume that you know a lot about the books in this library, as I don't... Oh, see. yes, of course. I'm wondering if there are any books similar to this one. Now, show her the book that I found. Oh, yes, this book, that's a thats a doozy you found. If you want to look through our entire crime section, we've got a section on that. It's like back in the back of the library, we talk about murders and homicides and fratricide and all the genealogical laws and killing people. It's great. That seems like it would be a lot to look through. Perhaps I'll be back another day for that. In the oh. meantime, I think I would like to check out this book so I have time to read it this evening. Of course, of course. She reaches under the table, produces a ledger, and it clearly has like our three columns, one for name, book, and then date. And she says, if you just put your name and where you're staying in this column, I'll put the book here and your date here. <laughs> Is it that obvious I'm not from the area? But fine. It's not because you're not from the area. She waggles her eyebrows. Yes, um, anyway. (laughs) Arden writes down that he's staying where he is actually staying. Uh, She records the title of the book and the date that it is today. Thank you. I'll be back. Of course, darling. Please do come back. Oh, tomorrow. It's my lucky day. It was a pleasure to meet you as well. Oh, the pleasure was all mine. And with that, Arden will turn and and make a normal exit. <laughs> Do we ever get this gal's name? I don't think she ever said her name. I'm crushed! <laughs> oh, Ma, you hear out the doors of the library, My name is Jody! <laughs> I need to get to the library. A pleasure to meet you, Judy. 
Oh, I'll shout back in. Oh, thank you, young man. And with that, Arden is going to hope that the others found what they needed, and I assume I was in the library for a while, so I will get headed back towards the end. Plus, if they're not there, yeah. I have a book to start reading. As we walk back, I have a question. Vim looks over to Cyrus with a playful smile and says, Why? Okay, so I am, don't get me wrong, I am always up for a good fake name. I love it. But why didn't we give Rowan our real names? I'm pretty sure he knows who we are. Jarell is also kind of shitting themselves as they realize they just, like, lied about their name to an official in this town where they're trying to do legal research for the next year. (laughs) 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 And, like, trying to figure out how am I going to get myself out of this one? (laughs) I I will answer your question, Vim, first, but I need to ask you a question as well. What the fuck kind of feather did you give me? That did not do shit. Just like a, a turkey feather. You know, I was not charismatic at all. You know what would have been very effective? If we had gone to the Margrix's house and gotten a letter of introduction first. Yes, from the sleeping Margrix. What are we going to do? Get Play- it from his daughter, obviously, just like we got this stupid quest. Listen, I still have to answer one annoying question, then I'll deal with your annoying questions. The reason I gave that... that awful human, that bureaucrat, a fake name is, were you not reading the same journal that I was reading? The last person that Liara told her secret to was him. That makes him suspect numero uno. I am not going to give my name to a killer. Oh, yes. Good thing that he doesn't know our names when there's no way he doesn't know where we're staying, what, how long we're going to be here, given that there's no caravans out of the city. Yes, a fake name is going to be beautiful protection, Cyrus. Jarrell's like, kind of stopping off ahead, <laughs> back to the inn. I have found, and um, don't quote me on this, and um, don't ask any follow-up questions, but... <laughs> <laughs> I have learned that there are few lies that you can't get out of with either more lies or a forged document. Everything is going to be fine. Drell kind of looks up at that and is like, that is a good point. I do have a kit for that. I figured one of us could fix this. Cyrus is both confused but starting to smile when he sees these two plotters laughing about something he has no idea. <laughs> He's like, well, good. I'm glad that um, you all uh. I'm still spirits. mad at you. <laughs> Listen, bodyguard, you weren't doing your job protecting me from myself. Well, you aren't paying me well enough <laughs> to do a job that ca- challenging. Do you want a feather? No. I throw it on the ground. <laughs> Everything in my house is stuffed with swan feathers. That might be it. Let's get back to the inn and convene on this and see if Arden found anything useful at the library and if these numbers are any good at all. We are one step closer and Cyrus smiles. Short walk back, y'all reconvene back at the inn, but you all can easily meet in the common room or one of y'all's rooms. If I get back before them, I am going to sit down and read until I see them coming in. So the rest of the three of you see Arden reading a book in the common room when you all arrive at Journey's End. It's like early lunchtime, so those people in the city that take an early lunch or an especially long lunch have shown up in the common room. And Yelchin is decently busy making sure that their plates are full, their drinks are full, but there's still plenty of room. Well, should we all sit down at a table and have a little powwow? I'm going to look around. Arden is kind of under the assumption that after they went and looked into this dead girl's belongings, they're probably being followed. Arden's going to look around to see if there are any obvious, I'm a city guard, but not really a city guard, people sitting in the area. A roll perception. Fifteen. You're reasonably confident that... No one in the common room is of the, I'm a city guard, but I'm not a city guard. Most people are doing their own thing. I'll look at the others and I'll say, come on, sit down, get yourself a drink. Did you find what we were looking for? We're not sure yet. 
well, that makes two of us. I'm not sure if this is useful either. Kind of glancing down at the book. How was the library? What is it in good shape? It seems like they have some funding trouble around here. The librarian is a terribly helpful person who I am reasonably convinced has been here since the founding of the town. <laughs> we ran into bureaucrats and they almost bored us to death. We narrowly escaped with our lives. Well, you all look healthy enough. Yes, but we're likely to be in a bit of legal trouble if we don't step adroitly through this. Cyrus just, like, makes a fart noise with his mouth. Pish posh. So, what's the combination to the bar? Great question. You know, we might have a good couple of leads on that. Why don't we, I don't know, maybe go up to one of y'all's rooms and take a crack at it? Jarrell happily offers their space. Although, when you get up there, Jarrell has to shovel just, like piles and piles of stuff out of the way. It's all paper, obviously. <laughs> but they stack up what looks like probably 30 or 40 sealed letters <laughs> and shoves them into a corner and just like brushes things out of the way so there's room for everyone to sit. Well, you don't need to hide your dirty magazines, Jarell. I've seen them all. So you're up in Jarell's room. There are a couple of chairs that everyone can sit in, so Y'all don't have to, like, awkwardly stand in a circle or, like, pile on to Jarell's bed if you don't want to, to sit down. Well, Jarell, you live up to your reputation as a scholar. Oh, well, most of these are letters, not study. We have some numbers. We don't know yet if they're of any relevance. So I suppose we could always just try them and see what happens. Doesn't seem likely that it'll explode if you get the combination wrong, so... Yeah, we just don't know if they'll work or not. The box is produced, and whoever wants to try to figure out the combination from the list of dates, roll a just straight intelligence check. Damn. I'm very smart. 22. The, the way the dates are written, it's month, day, year, the only combination that yields four digits because single digit days are written with a zero, three, or like a zero, whatever, is a month and year combination. The first date is the one that's talking about this nebulous really bad thing that happened to Witherheight. The second date is a couple days later, seemingly in relation to what happened to Witherheight. Well, there's one where she says something about Mirne came in for confession, right? Which is that one? That's the last one. That's the one I want to try first. Roll a perception. Well, I wish I had this roll earlier. 20. As you're clicking the dials, the first three digits are correct. You can hear the tumbler, the the slight click of the mechanism setting. Looks like the last digit is wrong. Oh, I'm sorry, the middle two digits are correct. The six and the nine in the middle. Nice. Oh my god, Leo is a pervert. <laughs> Might I say you're doing a very nice job. Jarrell high-fives Fim. <laughs> Cyrus begins to explain to Arden, you see, when someone says 69, the appropriate response is to say nice. So you have the middle two digits. And that was when I did the 6695, right? Yes. All right, then I'm going to do 5690. All four tumblers set. You hear a click, and you can depress the button and open the box. Fine. Yay! <laughs> World's smartest bodyguard. Nice job, Jarell. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you'll consider this when it's time for Christmas bonuses. <laughs> By kind of, like, nudgy playfully. Inside the box, it's blue velvet lined. It is clearly exactly as nice of a box as its creator claimed that it was. Inside the box is a hastily folded note. On top of that note is a very ornate hairpin that's got a, a charm at the top of it that looks like half of a stylized sun. 
the note underneath that hairpin, presumably you, Jarrell, takes it out and reads it. This is what Marinay told me in confession. On the night of the fall equinox festival, he went and visited Witherheight alone at his house about repealing some taxes. As Mirnay assumed, Witherheight refused, but Mirnay says he was very drunk and became very angry, and Mirnay killed Witherheight. He refused to say more, though it seemed to me that something else was weighing on him. He left before I could try and persuade him to say more. And that's where we'll end for tonight. Thanks for listening to this episode of Little Realms. If you like the show and want to stay up to date, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. You can also find us on social media on Twitter at PodRealms and on the web at www.littlerealms.com. May your journey be successful. We'll see you next time.